Welcome to The Doctrinal Component with Tom Nettles, brought to you by Founders Ministries. Founders Ministries is a reformed teaching organization committed to the recovery of the gospel and the reformation of local churches. For more teaching material by Dr. Nettles, please visit founders.org. Hello, welcome to this edition of The Doctrinal Component. I'm Tom Nettles, and we're involved in looking at Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, to seek to sort out some of the phrases and see their doctrinal importance in the ministry of the Apostle Paul as he is giving instructions to Titus, uh, whom he has sent to Crete. We looked at Paul's identification of himself as a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Uh, We see uh, today now that he says that he is an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth which accords with godliness. Uh, This appointment that Paul has given to Titus and that God gave to him is defined by the task of bringing God's elect to faith. We must never underestimate the motivation that the doctrine of election served in the apostles' ministries. In 2 Timothy 2, Paul had stated his willingness to endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain salvation, and with it eternal glory. Not only does election serve as motivation, but it serves to define God's purpose in establishing apostles. They specifically are one of the means by which God will call his elect. Christ came to save those that the Father had given him, and the apostles are sent that those very ones might be gathered in by the preaching of the gospel. When Paul preached to the Thessalonians, he said that he knew their election of God. He says, We know, brothers, loved by the Lord, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. So Paul saw that as his task. He went to people. He used the means of the preaching of the gospel. And some of those who heard were elect, and those are the ones upon whom the Spirit would bring certain conviction and persuasion and would lead them to faith in Christ. So he is uh, an apostle for the sake of the faith of God's elect. In addition, (coughs) the faith of God's elect means the truth that has been believed by God's elect from uh, the first one that was saved all the way to the present. The faith of God's elect means, first of all, as we've mentioned, that attitude of of trust, of persuasion, that affection that arises in the heart in which we flee to Jesus Christ and trust him alone for salvation. But it also means that body of truth that has been revealed, the truth that has been believed by God's elect. We are not free to alter enlarge or diminish the revelation of the gospel, but we are to be faithful stewards of it. In the book of Jude, we find that 
Jude had in mind writing a particular kind of letter uh, to uh, the churches. But when he found out that false brethren had come in, he says, I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation. I found it necessary to write, appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. So the faith is a body of truth. It's a body of doctrine. It was given once for all. It is not to be altered. It is not to be uh, manipulated. And it was delivered to the saints. It has eternal truth in it. It has truth that will last us as long as we are in this life, and it will be expanded even into eternity. Uh, we find <clears throat> Paul giving instructions also to another one of those whom he uh, sent to minister at a church. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, we read, Now the Spirit expressly says that in later times some will depart from the faith by, de by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and the teachings of demons. Here the faith is clearly a body of truth that has been presented. There are some who will depart from it and they will give themselves to other teachings. And these are the teachings or things that Paul identifies as being taught by deceitful demons, de deceitful spirits and the teachings of, of demons. Because the demons want nothing more than to lead people away from uh, an understanding of the truth, the faith that has been given, that which has been revealed. If he can get them to believe anything else and keep them from the specific truths of the gospel, uh, then uh, he can claim their souls for death. We see also in this same letter, 1 Timothy, in chapter 6, the Apostle Paul <clears throat> says, O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge, for, professing, for by professing it some have swerved from the faith. So this deposit that Paul talks about here is one that he expands on in his second letter to Timothy. But it is a body of truths that have been revealed to Paul that he sets forth in many different contexts that he uses different literary styles to say, but they are consistent throughout the Pauline corpus and indeed throughout the entire scripture. And these truths he calls the deposit or he calls the faith. We must not swerve from the faith. So Paul could tell the Ephesians that he had not failed to declare to them the full counsel or purpose of God. Now we see, therefore, in these little introductory statements, these very simple words that Paul writes to Titus, that there is a world of theological implications uh, in these words. They carry throughout the entire corpus of Scripture, uh, we come to understand more and more of what the faith is, the faith of God's elect. That is, those truths that have been revealed that are to be preached and how those truths then are taken by the Spirit. They bring conviction. They bring persuasion. They bring love in the heart and produce repentance and faith. Uh, we must see ourselves also as ministering and as teaching and as witnessing for the sake of the faith of God's elect. 
Thank you for listening today. I look forward to our next session.